All right, let's talk about skillful spirituality. This has a lot to do with you and I and what our main pillars of our gifts are that we're trying to deliver into the world with the show, with holding space, with featuring these guests. And we wrote in the bio too that this is love that lands so skillfully it wins power social engineering the future of the human race or what are your thoughts about this um it's important and it means a lot to me and i want to have a discussion about it yeah me too this is one of the most important things if not the most important thing that you and i can work on getting better so that we can more effectively deliver the land, the gifts that we want to bring to the world. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we do this better? Because we, out of over, you know, 550 of these shows now, we've done a pretty good job at landing the gift of featuring the guest in a way that helps them unleash themselves most fully on the program. And we've had also skillful work that we've done afterwards now, since you've come on board, where we hold space with them, where people are just able to, we're just, we just be with their transformative experiences. So we're starting to we're like we're like we're leveling up a little bit but there's still a long way to go to figure out how to do it even more skillfully cuz we just had you know Gary Marcus was just on our show and we had a um a really good time maybe like 90 or 95% of the content was all about rebooting AI and what he's really really passionate about and what he knows really well and then the other about 5% or 10% of the time was us asking him questions about spirituality, about source, about, uh, about the divine, about meaning of life, about love, about evil, about good, about beauty, all these other things where he was like, yo, I'm not an expert in those fields. Um, I came on to just talk about a book. I came to package the content into just my book but we also talked about his like leading up his other books leading up to the book so you can't really just isolate one specific characteristic about someone but basically we can be better at skillfully um bringing love to our guests to the point where uh it doesn't feel like and I'm the nudging. world needs this what we're getting ready to discuss here the world needs and hopefully our show will be um, a pioneer among many in landing this concept into the hearts of the world um, we're talking about we're talking about love and wisdom you know these kind of spiritual ideas and you know, even those words um, can trigger some. 
um, can trigger some smart people. The word love, the word spirituality, the word divinity. And so they need not be used all the time because more than anything, this is about skillfulness. This is about the, the heart of these ideas landing experientially with conviction in the hearts of people so that the world changes. Yes. You know, as you were saying that, what came up for me was this understanding that maybe what we sometimes use as words is really important because it can trigger people away from wanting to talk about the subject. That's why so many people have started to be like the the G word for God or whatever, like, and they like make it so, uh, like, they add the baggage to it, they add the triggery feelings to it, rather than maybe, like, people just being more okay with using these words of God or source or spirit or nature or all that is, or divinity or creation, just interchangeably more so. Um, and like I notice you use those words a lot you know yes. you're the you're the captain and you're leading this show that does birth out of you and and Th- through probably through yeah. Yeah. yeah and you use these words a lot you know these days you and your flowery shirt is yeah. always talking about God divinity source and like it's like who are you to to you know you talk about the eyeball war the eyeball race you know so you have a precious well of eyeballs that's building perhaps so who are you to use these words with your precious eyeballs who are you to honor their time and attention with those words Mm -hmm. yeah that's like it's a big purpose of what um this is about trying to help people unleash their gifts more fully into the world, help people figure out what their North Stars are, help people um, get inspired and engaged about building the future, help shine the guests' wisdom through the set into other people's lives around the world. But Ori, just to quickly come back to that thought that I was sharing was just that, um, in a sense, it really is so important once we get through this like 45 minutes of talking about like rebooting ai with like gary so my thing is like then just let me finish just the thought is that just then that other uh last couple minutes if i start with the word source or the divine or whatever that like immediately triggers some people very few actually out of all 550 guests we've had it's rarely been a trigger for people but it's usually a trigger in the more positive direction of oh, sweet, like we're going to talk about this now. But that's why I told you a little bit before we started, it might be better when we go off subject towards the end to start with something like, what do you think is the meaning of life? Or what do you think um, is consciousness a biological phenomenon? Or does consciousness come and take its seat in the body? Stuff like that. Um, because then it it baby steps them into more uh, conversations away from their main theme. 
instead of the immediate just. Yeah. And so we have to surgically, precisely figure out what is the most tailored. It has to be tailored to each guest, specifically to where they're at. I love that. And that's a problem because like with Gary, Gary was already like, I only have 60 minutes. It has to be done in this frame. You know, usually we try and get our guests here for three hours. So that way we can actually have some time beforehand talking to them, feel out how much they are spiritually developed. And that way we can tailor the questions more towards that at the very end at least. And then we can hold, we have the hour at the end to hold space and stuff. But when the guest is here just for 60 minutes, it's literally just the center part, which is the interview. No pre stuff, no post stuff. Um, with holding space after or with getting to warm Today was super interesting because Gary, maybe the first person to do this, um, responded in my experience negatively to these questions toward the end of your dialogue with him. Mm -hmm. And so this is a great time to unpack. Exactly. It's actually really important that this happened. These are like beautiful little learning lessons from the universe, from God, from source, that are just like literally planted in front of us. Okay, so pausing you right there. These are beautiful little questions from the universe, from God, from source. Um, Already there, you're going in with a viewpoint, with with a unique reality that you're choosing. Yes. And when you do that, how do you think that lands with people? That's a good question. So basically the idea would be can we just say that this is a unique learning experience without having to add the words god source creation the universe blah blah afterward just that this is a unique learning experience and then people can feel however they want yeah i think it has to do with your actual conviction so um, like God and source are just words and you like I love tailoring the words to the person in front of me or the the audience in front but then coming from um, what's felt and what's believed and stuff so does that make sense yeah so then so it's a combination of us having enough time before the show starts to feel them out and know about what level um where they're at with what words to use that are most optimal to be most conducive to conscious transformation on the show and then it's also then during the show um live being able to figure out um also can i share something that just kind of came up this is like uh, you know, Gary Marcus is sitting in front of you. And it's like, what's the actual impulse, the deep impulse that's driving you to want to go there with Gary? That is something, something real for you, clearly. Because, um, this is a great question. So, um, 
it's as though we have uh, developed a world where the most first principled question, which is like, what is this? Why is this here? Why are we taking this conscious experience? Why are we having this conscious experience? That that first principle question is kind of just like, like put over here and then this is where we do all of the building of civilization. Yeah. And so I'm no longer cool with just focusing on building civilization without addressing this first question, which is what is the point of all of this? What or who made this? Is there a specific reason for it? Is there a specific strategy of ways to commune back with that force that created all of this? What are the underlying principles, the source codes of that force that made this? And just what is everyone's unique relation to that first principle thing? That's why we ask that question, so that well, we can know their unique first principled relation to that. The question is so heavy, culturally. It's like, why don't we just start with the individual in his unique conscious evolution? Because that will take them there to that question. What would that look like? It would look like uh, Gary sitting in front of me and I care about this question. I f that's, it's a feeling, it's a conviction. Gary's sitting in front of me, I'm sensitive to his energy and what his reality is like. And then I tune in to what wants to, like, like how can we enlighten um, this dialogue so that Gary witnesses an idea that is new to him and considers it. And comfortable, that's another thing, it's comfortable for him. New, yeah. experiential, comfortable, um, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, what, how, so it's like literally we are then engineers of social dynamics that then drive people more towards this first principled question that are sometimes overly focused on the evolution of civilization and their contributions to that aspect, which is incredible. But coming back to that first principle one, so then maybe the question then for you is, Ori, what would be um, your, let's say, approach to someone's life trajectory? Like, let's say, let's take the example of Gary. Would it be asking him a specific question about maybe what has been a transformative experience in your life that's led you to this point? Not even. What would it be? Uh, it would be even more in the moment and, and sense like, so if I imagine about it, because I did just get a sense of Gary, I would be like, I'd be like, Gary, what moves you? Right? Because uh, because he's a brilliant mind, you know, he, he's written books about AI, so he's a thought leader there. But um, I want to know what moves him, and I want to bring his energy field into, um, in that direction. So you mean what moves him as in potentially like, 
like what are his value sets that get him interested in the fields that he's writing about? Um, kind of, or maybe even deeper. It's just like there's a forget. Yes, he's a thought leader, and that's why you have him on the show. But he's he's just a human being sitting in front of you, and you're sensing that he's heavy on the AI, blah blah blah. And so you're sensing that maybe if I go, what moves you? It's like rounding out a being like because that's what we're after right like maybe that's why you care about asking these questions so much because you want to round out maybe the consciousness you feel like there's a missing something right and so even more finally there's an individual human being he's emitting an energy and i have a sense about him and often if a question like what moves you might be like an in the moment small surgical step heart surgery toward a more rounded being let's play with that then okay this what moves you question yeah so someone can say what do you mean by what moves you yeah, I'd be like, um, I'd be like, because uh, with Gary, like, I noticed that he had, like, there was an openness to him, you know, he's, uh, like, his eyes were, like, slightly watery sometimes, and, like, there was, like, a brightness to, like, and so, wait, what was your question again? Well, when, when someone replies with something like, there was for sure a lot of openness with Gary, but when, um, when, and he's very, you can tell he's also like with his kids and stuff that there's just some softness to like, why is there such a critical push for starting with the first principles view of building computer systems? I love that. Um, um, and frameworks. I love that. And so then that same thing can be applied to, um, to, to our lives as well as what is this first principle framework for like why are we here um, the question was what about when they say like what does that mean oh I'd be like what moves you I'd be like I want to see you feel something like I'm curious about um, I'm curious about that already is again I want to see you feel something I think isn't conducive I don't think so mm. I don't think so. If I'm taking the position of the person that's being interviewed and I'm already a little bit like in my head and I'm like talking about like what I've been, you know, putting together about the future of civilization, I'm I'm probably not going to be so receptive to like I want to see you feel something. Well, I guess Maybe it dep wrong. depends on where it's coming from. Yeah. What do you mean I want to see you feel something, you know, like I want to see you moved. I want to see you feel something. Yeah, like maybe if you said that to Gary, it wouldn't land. But maybe if I said that, it felt like it was um, coming from an authentic place. Mm-hmm. And so, that's it anyway. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Skillful spirituality. To be able to perfectly tailor
our conscious evolution and transformation of our guests to the degree that they're comfortable with and to the most optimal efficiency for both them and for the audience to witness and to try and propel more of that conscious transformation. And to me, this is, this is so important to figure out, like, you know, even looking back at that conversation, like, what could have I said leading into that segment? And then, like, like what could have I done even before if I only had the one hour? What could have I done that, like, got me to know that there may be a trigger that doesn't lead to as optimal of an outcome yeah 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 um yeah being sensitive to triggers i like that being sensitive to triggers that's needed we didn't we didn't know that that was a trigger and that's going to be interesting because again for most people it's a trigger towards them talking about like what their relationship has been like with the divine or with source or with something that transcends them but with very few people i mean i don't even remember times this has happened before where that question triggered although the also the truth is that out of the last 550 episodes we've really haven't been asking people at the end about their relationship with source um over the last 550 of them, no. Right. We've been talking about the relationship with Source probably for the last, I don't know, I don't wanna give the wrong estimate, but maybe 100 um, of the last episodes since, yeah, in just the last couple months maybe. And that actually shows um, you guys about like my conscious transformation is like, why wasn't I using this word source or God or all that is or the ultimate nature of reality or source code or creation or universe, whatever, that why wasn't I using those words as much? I was using them last year. Can I just year. pause you for a second? I, but just not as much. I wasn't using them as much last year. Now I'm way using them way more often. It may have even just started with the word universe. And then it got a little bit more towards all that is. And then I opened up maybe more to the G word and stuff like that. And source now. Yeah, go ahead. I'm not just wanting to bring that to other people, that first principled question. Yeah. How does it feel that it didn't really land with Gary today, emotionally?
I feel like it's a learning lesson. I feel like it's a beautiful learning lesson. How does it feel emotionally? <sighs> a little disheartening. I'm like hardcore always looking on the bright side of life. Like I'm like look at that like slightly disheartening experience and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much to learn and grow from that. Like I'm so pumped that that happened so that now I can learn more from it. That's how I live life. <laughs> and it's made literally all the difference is doing something like that. Changing your perspective towards mentalities like that make all the difference huge like i could still literally be whining about it like an hour later i could just be whining about it or i could have this mentality where we're literally recording a conversation about how to improve it i wonder if whining about it consciously if that's real for you um is healthy and what the world needs i have a couple mixed feelings there one of them is that there's potentially something in the uh, dwelling slash griefing slash journaling slash talk therapy process ing of that disheartening emotion that could be leading to some sort of profound transformation. Um, but I also feel like there's a tremendous overdoing of those things that we just listed, which then actually impede on people's ability to process, move on, integrate, achieve further goals with what they learned from the experience. Mm. So like I'm way in the other bucket. I spend most of my time on, okay, like yesterday with Minji, like, I cried in this, this last hour of the, of the space holding with her. And it was because I had just profound emotion going through me. And that for me was like I was there with it. And I was cool with experiencing that for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And so I have those moments too of when I'm just cool with feeling that, those feelings. But like in this situation, to me, yeah. Gary responding negatively on our show to your questioning toward the end, your, uh, if you will, spiritual questioning toward the end, is It's heartbreaking. It's uh, 
It's undesired. It's. Uh, I agree with those words. Heartbreaking, undesired. I agree with those words. I also let's see them can as we, a can we can yes. we see how well we can capture this with words? Okay. All right. So I'm gonna intuitively bring up words, and then you. So heartbreaking and undesired. It's um. Confusing. Okay. Resonate. It's fucking confusing. It's uh frustrating. That resonates. It's um Can we say it's laughable? For me that's not real, like that's not present for me, but is it for you? When it was funny to me because it showed my uh, inability to come more prepared to that last portion of the conversation. Where if I came more prepared to bridge into that last section of questions, that um, it wouldn't have been so laughable. It would have been right. Yeah, I saw you, uh, you know, being vibrant and laughing. Uh, with Gary when he said no in the face of adversity I still carried that which is yeah which I think is really important to know how to do um but for me that wasn't our truth La the laughing wasn't our deeper truth about that moment and about our vision Fair. More on the disheartening, the gifts didn't land. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. And so, I think there's such a cool way of viewing this with you using those words to describe how like that process didn't land. And then there's potentially some sort of unique things to learn from that going deeper into those emotional senses. Then there's knowing the also the embodied knowing that that didn't work out and that there needs to be growth in order for it not to happen again. And I'm like living w over here in the it's embodied and I want to go on and achieve greater optimization with that process. Yeah. Because ultimately, I know you like to have these like passionate intellectual dialogues but when it comes to those th like the more spiritual moments um, you're not looking to be at odds with our guests that's right you're looking to bear fruit yeah looking for their experience yeah and the reaction was initially kind of like 
oh, I don't, that, that conversation is going to put me at odds with other people that may be tuning in and I don't want to put myself at odds. Which is interesting that we even built a society in the first place that makes it so that we can't approach that first principled question without either sounding dogmatic, without sounding Can I ask you a question? Forceful. And then and then can you yeah. feel before answering? Okay. Does that hurt? Yes. It does. It does. The most first principled question has now become something that we need to like tippy toe around to not trigger people. <laughs> and I want the opposite of that. I want the roaring spiritual, intellectual discourse around the source code, around God, source, creation, all that is, nature, spirit. The f most first principled, nuanced, loving, compassionate discourse possible around that subject. And whenever it doesn't land, there's hurt. Yeah. It hurts, yeah. Yeah. Why? And again, like, be slow with this. Yes. Why does it feel hurt when it doesn't land? Because we have a goal, we have a mission, we have a purpose, and we want that to land optimally, to cascade a butterfly effect of beautiful things happening, like maybe Gary feels more comfortable with that set of questions, and then he talks to his family about them more, and his friends about them more and cascades even more butterfly effects versus rescinding further back into being closed off to it. The last thing we want to do is accidentally trigger people to go becoming more closed off to it. Yes. Yes. What a weird world. <laughs> Just that phrase is so mind-blowing. We can't even talk about why it was created, who it was created by, 
you know, what's the purpose of it? You know, all this type of stuff. We can't even talk about it sometimes. Like, I love talking to people that are so cool with talking about it because then I don't have to feel that weird emotion. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm also really down to feel that weird emotion because it's part of our purpose to talk to the different thought leaders at the edge of the fields that I mean how real is this hurt for you I care a lot about that set of questions and about the butterfly effect and for it landing and it is it is a real hurt But again, I'm just, I'm more on that like pumped vibe right now. Like yesterday with Minji, I was more on that, like in the holding space, I was more on that like emotion deep inside, crying, vibing, connecting in a different way. And now yeah. I'm just like felt embodied, on we go. Yeah. Vibe. Yeah. Like, I'm probably most interested right now in what is the best way to approach that set of questions to someone that maybe is a little bit constrained about expressing themselves around those questions. That is my most interested aspect to my perspective right now. And I think the answer to that right now that's coming up is that if someone's constricted to not wanting to bridge into that subject set of questions, to play it safely to start by easing them in with something about a trans, what is a transformative life experience that you've had? Or what do you think is the meaning of life? Or, um, like, how can we... connect to nature more deeply? Or maybe like Mama talks about with, is our disconnection from nature the reason why we have all these issues in our world? Mama Nuiwan. Maybe that is the is the way, is to go in with a more softer, chiller, don't drop into the, don't use the D word divine when they're not, uh, when they're feeling dogma around that word. Plus when it doesn't land, it also potentially leaves our guests feeling like, like, interesting. That show is so much about science and technology and entrepreneurship, but somehow it's also about religion and spirituality and the divine and God. And Yeah, I feel like if we get good at it, then it can become like a unique cultural 
phenomenon for the range of influencers, leaders, to come to simulation and go into this. Yes. I want it to be cool. And there's already some momentum, you know, in the Silicon Valley. There's all these, like, leaders who like to go to Burning Man, but that's off camera, you know? Um, but this, this could be the time. Uh, and it could be, it could be, like I said, cool uh, to humbly, um, like, give yourself to the viewers as a leader, as a thought leader. It could be cool, yeah. <sighs> Us creating space for thought leaders across different disciplines for coming onto our show to express themselves in ways that they haven't done before and to create that platform for that style of expression and transformation and catalyze that in other people that are watching. Hmm. Like, think about how many people would be interested to be a fly on the wall of an Elon Musk uh, psychotherapy session. Mm -hmm. You know? Think about um, how much good and impact that could do. Like if Donald Trump or Xi Jinping or Vladimir Putin or Elon Musk or any of these different leaders were to Oprah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's done some of that stuff. Oprah's catalyzed that for other people. She's been the catalyst for other people. But it would be great if Oprah was to herself go full out um, psychotherapy session or Musk, Chimping, yeah, etc. Yeah, I agree. Like that's one of the reasons why I think, I think I wrote about this like a couple months ago where I was just like, you know. Does Donald Trump or do any of these world leaders at like the G20 summit and whatnot, do they cry? Do they show vulnerability? Do they talk about their deepest emotions with each other? Yeah. Because if we did literally do that, it would catalyze more world peace and harmony faster. And the whole idea that they can't do that because it shows weakness is some sort of a it's like a masculine uh, patriarchal projection onto civilization rather than a divine, abundant, motherly, unconditional, lovingly wrapping of my energy around you to show you that I love you and I care about you. Yeah, I'm losing resonance with the vision. 
Like, we have a G20 summit around the world where world leaders show up in suits and ties and, and uh, look how and excited. Like, I want to make sure this lands because if you if it wasn't resonant, it mean I didn't didn't means I didn't explain it well, possibly. And like, literally, they show up to the G20 in like a scarcity mindset in terms of my country has a limited amount of resources and it needs to do the best possible trade deals with your country to make sure my people get the best possible outcomes and the whole thing is predicated on these masculine principles of me being able to fight for my people and get the best trade deals for myself and me to not show vulnerability whereas if that circle was authentic relating or holding space or circling or a psychotherapy session catalyzed by psychedelics or not that holy shit it would be instead it would be okay how can my resources how can the resources that are on the land in the country that we live on not my resources but how can those resources be of best use to building an abundant future for our entire world and how can yours in your country do the same thing tell me about your childhood tell me about your mom and dad tell me about their lineage tell me about who you are tell me about your connection to god and for everyone to do that one by one in this g20 and talk about the divine purpose of our planet would catalyze a completely different future that's what the mentality is nice so did that resonate uh you i feel your passion and so yes and uh that's a major part of the future like we're sick of monkey politics and we want to go more towards harmony collaboration unity and divine progress maximizing the gifts of all people on this planet yes right now it's people fleeing shit at each other (laughs) and that's how it's like a cartoon and people are fleeing shit on each other on the mediascape literally another layer of projection of the g20 fleeing shit at each other is the same thing in the mediascape amplified by two billion people fleeing shit at each other right right now imagine if that g20 was vulnerable holding space authentic relating you would have a media sphere that's also vulnerable holding space authentic relating bringing gifts forward okay in many ways it does start in a hierarchy like you can make radical change from a grassroots mentality of the skillful spirituality it can happen from the grassroots these golden codes updates and stuff like that yet if you are to be able to also hit the top of the hierarchy at the same time you can accelerate the ascension process of everyone yes versus just trying to do it from the bottom up yes from the bottom up is me going door by door trying to talk to people and from the top down is literally world leaders starting to behave more in this harmonious collaborative vulnerable direction which then catalyzes the billions of people that watch them to also feel that way themselves yes yeah fuck yeah 
Yeah. Keep going, dude. Yeah. It's good that it went from being like, what does that mean? Not resonating so much to being like, fuck yeah, high five. Yeah. Yeah, that's good that that happened. You turned me over. Well, that's initially why you sold me also on your vision of holding space because you were talking about influencers and world leaders being able to show vulnerability and emotion. Yes, and that's where it starts with Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Because, honestly, you're so powerful, I feel like you could have brute forced like through the Gary interview with a different result, uh, quote unquote positive and a testimonial as well. But, um, I almost felt like there was a timing to today, like a readiness for, there's like, you're, you're, you're opening to a different route of success in power. Um, which is that of love and skillfulness which has to do with like open-hearted I don't know I want to hear you talk again you're so right that the trajectory since the beginning of the show was so much more about talking heads and it's now become a lot more about yes this intellectual science technology entrepreneurship is so important but who is this artist within your heart who is this this what are the gifts within that being that are shining into the world and what is the what is the connection of that being with nature and forces that are greater than that being? And so the fact that that's become embedded in this, it's, it's exactly why we took that step back um, and didn't brute force or anything, but rather just been like, okay, something to learn from here and we're going to work on it. I'm yeah. going to have a conversation about it live right now. <laughs> Skillful <laughs> spirituality. I love it. Interesting. So it, it, I think there's so far three main takeaways for me. Um, one is that it starts so much with one's ability to navigate the transformation of consciousness in one-on-one settings with other people skillfully navigate spirituality and transformations in consciousness at the exact level that the person is comfortable and ready with first second is that that can be happened it can be happening more and more faster around the world from a grassroots level. Mm. So there can be more Ori Shapiro's and Alan Sakans popping up around the world and Sandy Hearts and Joyous Hearts 
and people like this that are trying to do golden codes or like Serena Malkani that's doing the sound meditations <coughs> or Minji's eyes that are doing the love stories. So there's more and more of these that are popping up around <laughs> the world. So there's this grassroots way of doing this ascension process in one-on-ones or in one-on-twenties or, you know, type thing. And then there's the third one, critical takeaway, which is that we can rock it up to the top of hierarchies of power faster on this genetic fitness landscape of these different peaks and get there faster and then be able to go from those leaders and do some spiritual zapping at the level of comfortability that they're ready at and whatnot, which will then cascade downward through their organization, through all the media coverage that's pointed at them, and that can catalyze a billions of people um, conscious ascension process. So those are my big three takeaways. Yes. And for that first one, to know how to precisely endeavor into that consciousness transformation, that set of questions with surgical precision and doing it in a way that can start very gently so that the person doesn't get triggered and go really far away off the bat. Yeah. Um, with Gary, I didn't feel... much of a willingness to do something conscious a conscious process beyond his um usual um book and stuff yeah and so maybe we can be more skillful actually or is completely right so the the idea is that if you can literally feel maybe that the person is even in just the, if you only have one hour that you can feel that they're maybe not as willing to venture in there which if i was more skillful i could have even just been able to tell in that hour conversation because you know reflecting back on how i was feeling while gary was talking it felt like gary was really skillfully navigating the book and not necessarily going to desire to skillfully navigate a, a conscious ascension process uh, towards then. So, yeah. And that's good. That's good, Ori. I'm excited to keep getting better at it. Really, yeah. really excited to keep yeah. getting better at it. Yeah. Me too. Love that lands so skillfully it wins power. Social engineering, the future of the human race. Skillful spirituality. Yeah. Exactly. Because often what wins power in discussions and in politics and in networks and systems is sword wielding. You know? Sword wielding and... I'm excited to inspire people, inspire and guide as we refine this um, 
people to navigate power through skillful love. I was hoping you'd say that. Skillful love wielding. Yeah. Skillful open-hearted wielding. And that just speaks so heavily to, yes, the one-on-ones, but also things like the G20 is people are just going in with the sword wielding instead of the heart wielding, the love wielding. So. It's wrap? Yeah. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode on skillful spirituality. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Would love to hear your thoughts in the comments below on what we were talking about. Let us know what you're thinking. Love to hear from you. Have more conversations with your friends, families, coworkers, people online about skillful spirituality, about how to come in with that open love on a one-on-one basis and tailor it to where they're at for consciousness transformation, as well as how to do it on the bigger scales, on the world leader scales. And support us, you can find our links below. PayPal, Patreon, Cryptocurrency, Design Cool Merchant Get Paid, all those links are below. And support the other artists, entrepreneurs, spiritual leaders, organizations around the world that you believe in. And go and build the future, everyone. Manifest your dreams into the world. We love you very much. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Peace.